Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On September 14th, Netflix released a three-part series called Sins of Our Mother about Lori Vallow Daybell. Lori's son, Colby Ryan, is also featured in this series and also narrates it, telling the story from his point of view. We see other guests also on the show being interviewed, such as Janice Cox and Barry Cox, who are Lori's parents. We've never really seen Barry before until now. We also hear from Lori's brother, Adam Cox, Lori's former friend, April Raymond, we've seen her before, Visea, who's Tylee's friend, and also Colby's wife, Kelsey, and of course, Annie Cushing. She's been very vocal throughout this case. Annie is Tylee Ryan's aunt and Joseph Ryan's sister. Joseph is husband number three. Hopefully we get that straight. And we also see John Mathias, who is a forensic psychologist, and he is also part of the Hidden True Crime podcast and YouTube channel. So this video is gonna cover part one, and I'll be doing separate videos on number two and number three. But in part one, we already see a difference in the demeanor of Janice Cox, Lori's mom. There's a few new tidbits that we've never heard before, and also there's insight from Kelsey, Colby's wife. And that insight, in my opinion, is spot on. And also, it's this first time that we've ever heard from Lori's dad, Barry Cox. So now, let's get into it. Sins of Our Mother, episode one, is called The 144,000. It's described as family, friends, and experts weigh in on Lori Vallow's change from doting mother to a believer in the apocalyptic ideology. Now, it opens up with Colby Ryan, Lori Daybell's son, and he talks about detectives coming to his door, knocking and saying, hey, have you seen Tylee and JJ? This would be after November of 2019, when there was a welfare check on JJ, and that's where detectives were finding out that JJ is missing, and also no one has seen or heard from Tylee for the last couple months. So Colby goes and calls his mom and asks what this is all about. Lori responds in her typical way, everything's fine, I'm handling it. They get off the phone. Colby calls back, phone's dead. Now here's where there's some new info. He gets an email from Lori and the subject reads, trust Jesus. It says, hi Colbs, I need you to know that we are safe and happy. I know this sounds confusing to you, but I need you to trust me that although there are wicked people trying to cause harm, that Jesus is on our side. Now note, those words safe and happy, that's what Lori said exactly on the phone to her friend, Melanie Gibb, in a recorded phone call. And Melanie asked if JJ was safe, and Lori said, he is safe and happy. Those are the exact words. Now, this is an interesting email, in my opinion. At the time of the call, JJ would be underground and he would be wrapped in plastic and bound with duct tape. And Tylee would also be underground, burned and dismembered. Or as Chad Daybell would put it, there's limb debris. 
He likes to use his play on words. Then there were some clips of Janice Cox, Lori's mum, and she was talking about Lori. Now, it's a very different Janice in this special than what we've seen in the past. We saw both Janice and Summer Shiflet, Lori's sister, talk about how this was just one big mistake with Alex Cox and also Lori, and they would never do something so heinous. But time has passed, and obviously this Netflix special is a few years later. You can see a different Janice. Janice said, Lori was a wonderful mother until she met that Chad Daybell and she changed. And in Sins of Our Mother, Janice said that she's still really angry and that she wants to think of Lori as how she was before and forget about the Lori she is now. She says that's the only way that she can cope and function. So in my opinion, it seems like she's no longer in denial as she was previously in these other interviews. Let me know your thoughts below. Another thing to note, if we rewind a little bit, Janice told authorities that she did talk to JJ in October, which would have been a week after he died and she produced actually some um, phone records to say, yeah, here, I even talked to him on the phone. I know JJ was okay. He was alive and well. How do you know that, though? Because I know JJ. No one's going to pretend mm -hmm. to be JJ. At one point, she says he actually got on the phone and said, Hi, Mimi, his nickname for her. You spoke with him on the yeah. phone? Yes, and I heard him, and he was out playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he just takes the phone, you know, and he knows, you know, he knows who we are. So, he's, you know, he still knew I'm Mimi. You know, he still knew me, Mimi. So it'll be interesting if that comes up at all in trial, which is coming up quite soon now. It's going to be in January of 2023. Now, in this Netflix episode, Janice lists her children and she describes them. She says, Adam is her firstborn. He's a doll and always has been a doll. Alex, who's the next child, he was super funny. Lori, she said, was the darling little girl and Summer the youngest. No description about her. She said all her kids love the Book of Mormon and Lori has always loved the scriptures. Now what's interesting here was there was no mention of her daughter Stacy. Stacy is Melanie Boudreaux slash Pulowski's mom and Stacy died just before her 32nd birthday. She died back in 1998. Notable it's said that Alex used Stacy's card after her death and racked up a whole bunch of money on it. There was also another baby Janice had, and that was in 1971, and she only lived for six weeks. She was born after Adam, but before Lori. And Barry Cox, Lori's dad, was interviewed just a little bit in part one. It was short, but he said that Lori came home one day and said, Dad is a spiritual giant. And it's interesting because on the show, he seemed to be proud of that. Now, one thing I noticed, and maybe it's just the way the pictures were shown on the special, but every picture of Lori seemed to have really dark eyes. Did you notice that? Did you see it? Let me know in the comments below. I mean every picture. Colby comes back and narrates and starts talking about Lori's numerous marriages. Side note, Lori has been married five times and the fifth husband is Chad Daybell. So he said Lori's first marriage did not last long. Lori married a guy named Nelson. They were very young. I believe it was 19 years old she was. Lori's second marriage was to Colby's dad, William LaJoya. Now, this is crazy because as soon as the picture came up, of William, I couldn't believe how much he looked like Adam Cox. What do you think?
Lori had Colby at 22 years old. And in one of my 150 plus videos on the case, I talked about how Lori, when Colby was born, registered Colby and didn't add William as the father. She didn't list anyone on the birth record. Then was marriage number three to Joseph Ryan. Annie Cushing, who's Joseph's sister, started talking about the marriage and said that they met and their courtship was really, really quick. She said that Lori became the perfect sister and both Joe and Lori were ecstatic to bring Tylee into this world. And then it panned to Janice where she was talking about Tylee and she said that Colby adored her and that she was everything to Colby. Colby said, all I wanted was a family. It moved on in the special. We saw a little bit of Lori and her pageantry. We saw that where she said, I'm basically a ticking time bomb. We also saw a little clip of Lori on Wheel of Fortune. Annie said that Lori always had this inclination, she said, to super spiritualize everything. God told her that she was going to be on Wheel of Fortune. And then it pans back to Colby where he talked about Joe and he said, Everything I did was annoying to him. Smacking my lips while eating, not proper manners, discipline. He said the discipline got worse and worse and worse. He said Joe punched him in the back of the head. And then Colby also said in this episode that he told Lori about the SA allegations from Joe and said, I was eight years old. I told her how he abused me and what he was doing and feeling like I did something wrong. I felt like I ruined her life. And he said when they finally left Joe and the house, he said he felt like freedom and I never, he said, wanted to see him again. Annie said she was really worried. She said she asked Lori if she ever experienced abuse and Lori said yes. And Annie said she wanted Lori to leave Joe. Now they did bring up the clip of Lori talking about how she wanted to murder Joseph. And that was in a meeting, I believe it was at her house, um, with a bunch of people there and she said, you know, I wanted to murder him. We've heard that before. And she said she was at a turning point in her life where she either had to turn to the temple or she would commit murder. I was going to murder him. I was going to kill him, like the scriptures say, like, Nephi killed it just to stop the pain and to stop him coming after me and to stop him coming after my children. And I was just, I just thought I couldn't take it anymore. And I would go through the scriptures and find all the things like if he comes against you once, if he comes against you twice, if he comes against you three times, then you can kill him. It says it in the scriptures. And the <laughs> I'm like, there it is. There's my answer. I don't want to do anything that's wrong. I did not have a murderous heart. I just wanted to stop bleeding and stop the pain. This clip was recorded before Joseph was dead. I believe it was around six months or so before. Joe died in April of 2018. And Colby even said he remembers Lori talking about wanting Joe dead. Then on to husband number four, Charles Vallow. Now Janice described him as charming, Southern, so fit. She said it was cute to see them together and she thought that Charles and Lori were a great match. She also said Charles joined the church and he quit drinking. Now Colby said that Lori loved Charles, but he also felt that part of it was that Charles was financially secure. He did say that he did take care of the family and that Charles had a genuine interest 
and caring for Tylee and Colby. He said they became a unit, and then in 2013, JJ was adopted. And there were a few clips of JJ in this special, and it was so cute because JJ was giggling. I just thought that was really, really cute and sad all at the same time. But Colby says he loved JJ so much. He had a deep relationship with JJ, and JJ loved Tylee and listened to her. Colby then said that things started to amp up, so to speak. He said that the LDS church was becoming a bigger topic, and he said that there were pictures everywhere. They were being replaced by pictures of temples. When I saw that, I had wondered if that was a reminder to Lori you know, she needed to surround herself with the temples because it was, remember she said, it was either the temple or she was going to commit murder. What do you think? Let me know below. April Raymond then came on, Lori's former friend. We've seen her quite a few times already. And she talked about Lori and Charles's marriage. And she said that Lori would complain quite a bit about their marriage. She said that Lori didn't feel like Charles was her spiritual equal, and she was getting very frustrated. April said that she felt like Charles was trying to play catch up with her, and he didn't realize just how frustrated Lori was. And then she also said that Lori felt like Charles was holding her back. And of course, April noticed that Lori's beliefs were also becoming very extreme, and she mentioned to April that she had a personal encounter with Angel Moroni, and she was in communication regularly with him. Now, back to Charles a little bit. I can see that being an issue over time where one person grows and the other one doesn't and you know you kind of go separate ways if one person isn't interested in growing and evolving then i can see how that can be a breakdown when somebody doesn't but i don't feel like in my opinion from what i've seen that charles didn't want to grow it sounded like charles would do anything for his family but Lori did say that she was a god and that she didn't need to sleep and that she didn't need to eat, but I'm sure she's eating in jail. I always joke, like, okay, if you're a god and you don't need to eat, show me. Prove it. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Now here's where Kelsey comes in. Kelsey is Colby's wife. I understand that they have been recently separated, but she was also on this special. And 
recently we saw Colby in the news. He was being charged with SA and there was an event that happened with Kelsey, but the charges were dropped without prejudice, which means the charges can always be reinstated. But Colby got out of jail and the charges were dropped. So back to Kelsey, she talked about how she met Colby in junior high, but it wasn't until later in college or when Colby was in college that he asked her out. They got married and what was interesting was Kelsey talked about Lori. She said that Colby went to a Christian church with her and that Lori was ticked off about it. But Kelsey said, she felt like I was taking Colby away from the LDS church. I think it was more about control for Lori than anything. She was just very passive aggressive. She would like snake her way into things and try to manipulate things or make Colby feel bad. She was always competing with me for Colby's love and attention. I don't know, I just always had an off feeling about her. Kelsey nailed that in my opinion. Let me know your thoughts below. That sounds exactly like Lori and her antics in my opinion, long, 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 long before Chad Daybell came along. It's not all Chad Daybell's doing. Wouldn't you agree? And Colby actually talked about this briefly in a previous interview with Justin Lum. They were talking about Colby and Lori's relationship and Colby said that Lori almost treated him more like a boyfriend than a son and that Lori had issues with Kelsey. Now Kelsey was rated dark. She was rated 3D, I believe it was. And this was on the rubric which is Chad and Lori's hit list, as I call it, with Lori's family members on it. And most of the people who are rated dark are now dead. And there were some others that, you know, came off unscathed. I wouldn't say fully unscathed because Brandon Boudreaux had an attempt made on his life and I'm sure that left a mark. However, that's the hit list. So Kelsey was lucky she wasn't next in my opinion. Kelsey says, after we got engaged, Lori was acting so bizarre. She would say really off the wall random things like Jesus loves you, but he loves me the most. They got married, there was a big family picture and Kelsey said it was weird because Tylee was missing in the picture and they were told that Tylee was on a ski trip. Now Colby said, literally to this day, it breaks my heart that we don't have a family picture with Tylee. He says, I think my mom had an issue with Kelsey coming into my life and being the woman of my life. And from that point, everything started being a problem. After Colby and Kelsey's wedding, Annie Cushing said that there was a shift in Lori and she became very sad and started to focus on the end of times. Colby mentioned that she was, you know, packing supplies like rice, beans, powdered milk, and tents. And Colby said it was like having to survive the walking dead. You're gonna have to survive it. Now I find that that was an interesting choice of words that he used, especially since the people who are now dead are or were described as zombies from Lori and Chad. And we heard a specific saying quite a few times before Annie Cushing has said it and she said it on this special again she said that Lori said sometimes I think it would be better to go drive off a cliff than live through the end of times so Lori and Charles lived in Hawaii for some time and then they moved back once they moved back Lori and Alex would start listening to podcasts together and Colby said Alex came around quite a bit and when Alex came around Lori was quite happy 
and in walks Melanie Gibb and they did the podcast called Feel the Fire. Now Colby said something interesting. He said that Colby and Tylee would get together quite often and talk about this podcast and he said, I can't tell you how many times we talked about it. They thought it was odd. But Colby thought initially when you know these new people were coming around that, oh hey, my mom is making mom friends as he put it. He didn't know there was a group or anything. He just, or that it would lead to something. He just thought this is awesome. Lori's making new friends and spending time with them. Then they touched on Chad Daybell that Lori met Chad at an event. They had an instant connection and Chad told Lori that they were married multiple times in previous lives. That's the one pickup line. I would say, grab the girls, let's go. That guy's a creep. But Lori loved it. And Chad had believed that Rexburg will be the gathering place for the 144,000 that he would lead them in the second coming of Christ. Now, one of the things was pretty interesting here. There was a clip of Chad and he was speaking at an event and he referenced a picture of Woody Harrelson from the movie 2012. He said that relatives think that Chad acts like Woody from the movie. So of course I had to dive in and see why was that? Why did he choose the picture and what the movie was about? Cause I don't remember seeing it. And there were a few interesting details. You can let me know your thoughts, but before I get into that, let's talk about what he said in the clip first and then we'll talk about the movie. In the clip he said, we can prepare ourselves to survive through these trials that are coming and that's the whole reason you're here. I know that the spirit has guided you and prompted you that you have a role to play. Now back to the movie. It's about the end of times and it's called 2012. And there's a man named Charlie Frost who's played by Woody Harrelson. And he's described as a fringe science conspiracy theorist and radio talk show host. Now it's interesting because Chad was a speaker and he did podcasts and he had these theories that were very left field, right? You take the Mormon religion and then you just go left field. He was more of a part of a secret society. Even Melanie Gibb talked about Lori and Chad being part of this secret society. I did do a video on it. Also in the movie had Yellowstone National Park. Now John Cusack, the actor, plays a struggling writer in the movie and he takes his son and daughter to Yellowstone National Park. And for those of you who do not know or do not remember, Lori took her son and her daughter to Yellowstone National Park. That was Tylee's last day on this earth. And speaking of Tylee, on the 24th of September, this upcoming, I guess, this upcoming week, she would have been 20 years old. Now the movie also referenced Vegas and Vegas is where Zulema and Alex and Melanie Boudreaux slash Pulowski and Ian got married. And Vegas was also one of the places that there was some convention happening, something about a earthquake uh, because Zulema can control the elements. So I can't remember too much about that. It's been a while, um, but Vegas. Have you seen this movie? Let me know what your thoughts are and any other things that you can relate to this case. You can also check out the video that I did on Chad and Lori. Chad did some spicy text to Lori and it was nothing short of a teenager diary. It was, it was pretty bad. 
Dr. John Mathias, the forensic psychologist, was on, and then he talks about to understand Chad, you have to go back to 1985. That's where... Um, they spoke briefly about Chad and his friend named Benjamin Hyde. We've seen him before as well. And he described Chad as easily approachable, that Chad set all kinds of records when recruiting. They did this mission together. And when he talked about Chad, he actually compared him to Bob Ross, which is funny to me because I posted a meme quite a while ago that made me laugh. And it was kind of, you know, a, a true crime meme. Have a look. But Benjamin said that after Chad went on his mission, he came home and he had this near-death experience. He said he believes he can look beyond the veil and bring back visions from the future. In his mind's eye, it gives him the power of being a prophet. Benjamin mentioned Chad meeting Tammy, that Tammy was more the vivacious one, the lively one. They got married and then said that Chad married basically the first woman he's ever dated. And Chad started writing these books and speaking at conferences. Then we get to Julie. Rowe. Now, Julie has been a very interesting character throughout this case. Wouldn't you agree? She's been very vocal and very vocal about her prophetic gifts. Early on when the search for JJ and Tylee were happening, however, she said that she could see Tylee and JJ and they were happy and safe. However, that was the time that they were buried underground. So it would be interesting to talk to Julie and ask her, you know, what do you say about that and elaborate as to why her vision didn't match up. In Sins of Our Mother, she talked about her beliefs and that most of us have had a previous life. Some people have only had one, some people have had none, and some people have had multiple. She does believe that these are the final days before the second coming of Christ, just like Chad Daybell. And speaking of him, she described Chad as having a dorky haircut, cheap tennis shoes, cheap plaid shirt, and said that he had spiritual gifts, but she also said that his ranking system, aka the rubric, aka the murder hit list, is where Chad got it wrong. She said the Lord doesn't rank people, and she said the more spiritual gifts that people are open to, the trickier that Satan gets. Now, an interesting clip came out on Julie Rowe a while ago. It was a voicemail and it was in code. It was clearly in code. I did a video on it and dissected it. It was before Charles was killed. You can check that out here or in the description box below. Back to John Matthias. He said that Chad thought his books were scripture and that they should be taken seriously. And he also said that Lori felt the same way that these books should be taken more serious. Now we span back to Charles in the episode and Colby says that Lori called him and said, oh, Charles was cheating on her for the last few years, that he's spending all this money on girls when he goes to trips to California for business. And Colby calls Charles and Charles says that Lori's out of her mind and that this is not the mother that he knows. Colby did say though at the time he didn't know what that meant and he said that Charles looked like a guilty person who was caught. So Colby stopped talking to Charles and Janice said that she didn't believe what Charles was saying either about Lori being out of her mind and that Lori was a superior being. And Lori asked, her family not to speak to Charles and the only one who did was Adam. The show touched on Lori's shenanigans about how she stole Charles's truck. Well, actually she got Alex to steal Charles's truck because you know, she gets 
him to do the dirty work, but she orchestrates it. That's her pattern. But they did show the text from Lori to Alex, which was new. It read, the key is inside, up on the dash, along with a ticket, and there is $100 cash in the glove compartment and a full tank of gas. Aisle D in the middle of the row, you can't miss it. She also wiped out Charles' bank accounts. He couldn't even make payroll. She stole the computer, his underwear. She got rid of all kinds of things. And Lori was the one who was cheating. And Lori was the one who was devious. But Lori was projecting. So the next day, Charles went to Lori's car. He took her purse. And Lori goes to file a police report. So Tylee and Melanie Gibb tag along. Charles gets an order for a psych eval and he was pleading to everyone to help. We saw the body cam footage asking the police to help. We saw all kinds of help that he was screaming for to help Lori. But the authorities didn't really help him. They didn't take him serious. And he told the cops that Lori wanted to murder him. Charles was so serious that he went to his lawyer and said, if something happens to me, know that it was Lori and Alex. So Lori's at the cop shop and she's playing it up as her usual self and the cops let her go. Annie talked about this body cam footage that day at the cop shop and she said, Lori gave the cops plenty to be suspicious of, but the officers were captivated and intoxicated by Lori. She said, that was a major stain in this case, just seeing how irresponsibly Chandler Police Department handled the claims. Colby also talked about the split between Lori and Charles and something that was very different than what we've heard before. He said, Tylee was devastated that Charles was gone and the house was broken. We've heard before that, well, according to Lori, that, you know, Tylee and Charles didn't get along. So this was interesting to hear Colby's point of view. What do you think? Then there was an email from Lori pretending to be Charles addressed to Chad Daybell. This is the infamous one that he, she was trying to get Chad to come to the house to help Charles write his book. It was long-winded letter. It was way more than it needed it to be, but I still believe it's written in code. It uses the play on words that Chad Daybell likes to use, like limb debris. And also, he uses baseball references and thinks he's funny. But I believe that that letter talks about wanting to kill Charles and wanting Chad to come and help. I did a video on that as well. Now, Adam also believed it was in code. So Charles finds this email and he says, I'm gonna go to Tammy about it. And in the special, we get to see the email to Tammy, which I believe that's new. I don't think I've seen it before. The subject reads, your husband and my wife. And in the email it says, are having an affair. Her name is Lori Vallow. I've got definitive proof if you care to see it. Contact me and I'll share it with you. Note. It's unknown what happened from there. Hopefully we'll find out soon in trial as well in January of 2023. There was also a text from Charles to Lori, which was very important. It reads, you need to be stopped from destroying so many more lives with your whacked out delusions. Adam said to Charles in a text, something dramatic has to happen to her so she can see she is not a superwoman. It ends the show with a teaser of Alex texting Lori saying, have fun and get rid of Ned already. Ned referring to the demon that's in Charles's body. And it also teases the murder of Charles. That's continuing in part two. So stay tuned for part two. Check out this video next and also check out the most important videos in the Daybell case. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and don't forget to share this out. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.